your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Thursday, Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam is going to join in about nine minutes, maybe maybe eleven minutes, somewhere around there. We're kind of winging it. Uh, talk about the. I want to talk about the command center. He wants to talk about fireworks. I don't know if he's got big plans. I wonder what a fire chief does on the 4th of July if he's not working. Do you think he's got like the most amazing fireworks setup? Or is he super cautious and, and doesn't allow any anyone in his family or any of his neighbors do fireworks at all? We'll ask him. Ken Gilliam coming on in a little bit. Uh, before that, though, the... Lacrosse Library and the City of Lacrosse, both on Facebook, kind of they posted these weird signs. I'm going to go to the Lacrosse Library page too. Lacrosse Library, uh, public library, they're pretty active on Facebook. If you uh, ever want some information, but uh, the the city police rep- uh, posted this too, and and, and it looks like they kind of did something. But apparently, some signs went out around the city at businesses and on posts and at the library and other places, I think maybe in Cameron Park as well. And uh, they they were signed off. The signs were signed off, like at the end. Lacrosse, watch force. Whatever that is. Uh, police arrested. Well, I don't know if they arrested one person, but police said they, uh, where is it? They, they took somebody, not even into custody, they talked to somebody about it. They, they maybe they caught somebody posting these signs, um, but but the signs the signs say at the top. This is all caps. They're all it's all in all caps. So you know right then and there, like oh good, <laughs> if something's in all caps. And the first line has one, two, three, four, five, six exclamation points. So you know, starting right off the bat, okay, this is going to be a little bit ridiculous. But it says, no vagrancy allowed. I have to yell it, right? Because it's six six exclamation points and in all caps. And then in parentheses, no homeless people allowed. So imagine this being outside the library or something. Or maybe at a business or in, out, at Cameron Park. I don't know. And then it keeps going. We will call the cops for all and any homeless or suspicious looking people. Exclamation point. Statue. 947.01. Does it really say statue? And uh, it keeps going. Please relocate to the village shopping center on north side of Lacrosse. This will be the only way to stop calls to the police. So head to the old Shopco. Is that where? Is that the the north side? The village shopping center? I'm not. I didn't. I wasn't born here, so I can't just off the top of my head. I'm like, uh. We will record and take pictures of all suspicious activity, anything vagrant related to related and turn it over to police. Missing some commas there. Sorry. And uh, at the end, uh, we do not report students or college parties (laughs) like, wait, what? Like, why not? Maybe you should. But just just uh, homeless or suspicious looking people. What if some homeless people are ending up at college parties? I don't know. Brad's running in here. What do you got, Brad? Uh, not necessarily on top of the investigation right now, but uh, just looking at that, you know. Uh, the village is on the south side of the cross. Okay. That's, that's where Festival Foods is. 
by by Central High School. That oh okay, that village. Okay, I was thinking, what is the uh, the one where the Shaco is on the north side? <laughs> yeah, right. That's not right. Right. That's a statue. It should say statute or whatever. Uh, outside of uh, the ballroom uh, on Lacrosse Street, uh, that said statue, and they meant statue. Oh, good. So people do. Okay. Now, Brad, hand me that bottle right there, left, left side. Yep, that spray bottle. Yep. This is a bottle? Well, whatever. Like a, a canister, and then just gonna spray the mic a little bit <laughs> since you. <laughs> just maybe. I'm just gonna spray the air while Brad's in here as well. Uh. All right, so having fun. Hey, stop yelling. You're spitting all your COVID at me. Uh, Brad Williams had to come in and tell me where the the uh, Village Shopping Center is. So, so near the uh, – why would people need to go there? I guess they just need maybe like a link here, lacrosse watch force. Anyway, so that was posted uh, on a couple of Facebook pages. The lacrosse police – Police say many of these signs were on front of downtown businesses, utility poles, the Salvation Army. The homeless, you can't go to the Salvation Army. What? What's going on? I did put a call out to the Salvation Army. They haven't responded. They haven't called me back yet. Uh, I think they're, you know, it's the day before, the day before the July 4th. So maybe they're, maybe they're on vacation. Uh, the message, uh, the, the police continue in here. Uh, the message was posted by an individual who is not affiliated with any of these businesses or organizations. And then they say, uh, they continue, after an investigation by the Lacrosse Police Enforcement, action was taken against the individual responsible. We as a police agency will continue to work cooperatively with stakeholders to assist those who remain unsheltered in our community. So it's another responsibility by the police, right? When we're talking about defunding the police, uh, they got to they gotta care for the homeless. Uh, hours before this message, this is the irony right here with this message being posted. Hours before this message, the police report, or the police posted, uh, Our community came together for a day of outreach at Cameron Park. Numerous community members struggling with homelessness were welcomed to the park so they could be connected with many of the resource providers in our area. So that's nice, right? And then a couple hours later, somebody posts these stupid signs. Uh, Please please kind of finish up. Uh, We as an agency and community will continue to be vigilant against those who utilize police to enact their bias against certain groups. Um, and then the statue, 947.01, um, it's a Wisconsin state statute. There's three T's in there, lacrosse watch force. Uh, a law that prohibits disorderly conduct, including things like violence, abuse, profanity, and unreasonable loudness. So, yeah. Just what are we doing? Picking on the homeless. Quit picking on the homeless, my goodness. All right, we're gonna we're gonna call Ken Gilliam. We can ask Ken about this. Ken likes to uh, to muck it up too, so we we can get Ken's thoughts. Ken Gilliam, Fire Chief of Lacrosse, uh, we'll be we'll be back. Brad's got to do the news now. He's I think he's run back into the newsroom. We'll be back after this. I'll whizzle. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you got questions for Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, shoot me a text six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. The talk and text line. How are you, Ken? I am wonderful, sir. How are you doing, Rick? I'm pretty good. Are you still stationed in City Hall, like in your one-man command center in some bunker in City Hall? You know, uh, with City Hall kind of intermittently closing and all the social distancing, I'm still kind of living out of my backpack. Um, I got a little bit uh, better solid table there now, and I've, I've been migrating back a little bit to uh, my office at Station 1 as things have calmed down. But, uh, yeah, still, still a little bit more mobile than I prefer, but uh, we're making the best of it. 
Yeah, things calm down, and then they're they're kind of ramping up here. Probably the last two weeks, but uh, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's just a roller coaster. Um, have any of your guys gotten any of your firefighters in lacrosse gotten the virus? Uh, no, knock on wood. Fortunately, no. I know we've had a, a few on the police department that, that we've been dealing with. Uh, our fire department, fortunately, uh, has not had any confirmed cases. Uh, we've had a few with symptoms, um, and uh, but those have been resolved and not confirmed as COVID, fortunately. So it's uh, just kind of a, a waiting watch game. I think it's a testament to our folks on all of our personal protective equipment and how serious they're taking that, uh, trying to protect themselves and, and everybody that they're responding to on, on emergencies. And, uh, you know, maybe we t- we've talked now, I think, every month or once a month for the last three months. And I always kind of want to ask you just it, it has have have calls to the fire department for fires. And maybe you don't have the stats in front of you, but like for fires, are they up, down, kind of same, kind of the same? Do you, do you know that off the top of your head? So the fire data is kind of constant. Uh, for the first couple months of the COVID shutdown, we were down about 9% a month. Um, and that was kind of consistent across the nation. We're seeing similar statistics. Uh, things just really slowed down. And I think as you look at there's insurance companies giving rebates back to their customers because there's been less claims. So uh, less auto accidents, less people out and about doing things, uh, all the fun things that we enjoy doing. And um, that certainly had some impact. I think as things have started to open back up, so we're certainly seeing an uptick in numbers. Uh, I'm looking forward to kind of uh, getting some updated data on June here in the next few days to see where we're at. And then uh, another noticeable thing, though, is um, we've seen an uptick in kind of more serious calls. I think uh, on the medical side, people were really almost nervous to go into the hospital. So instead of instead of going in right away when you felt a little uh, pain in your chest, they're waiting until they're on death's door to call 911 and uh, some pretty uh, significant accidents here in the past few weeks in vehicles. And uh, just uh, just kind of a, a thing I've noticed, I can't really put a specific number on it, but we, we've seen a, a lot more serious calls, I guess, over the last few months. And that certainly is of concern. Um, so, you know, the last maybe a month or a little bit more than a month now, we've talked about defunding the police. And I, I, I had Rob Abraham on a couple weeks ago just talking about we talked about that a little bit. But I brought up the idea that, hey, we never talk about defunding the fire department. Not that there's like a big problem with the fire department or that you're, you know, whatever. I don't even want to get into the George Floyd situation. But you guys are responsible for more than just fighting fires. Uh, in I don't know if this is. This this happens in other cities, but you're you're like building inspectors, I believe, right? And then you're also first responders, so you have to have all these different kinds of training. Do, do you ever? Not that we're talking about defunding the fire department per se, but is are, are those responsibilities something that that would be better suited to? You know what we if we just had first responders as first responders, if we just had firefighters as firefighters, and we just had city inspectors or building inspectors, you know what I mean? Like segregating those out. Yeah, no, um, certainly to your first point about defunding the police, I, I want to make a personal comment on that. I think uh, I've been on the air before, and uh, Chief Kudron, Chief Tisher before him, I, I think there's always a friendly competition, you know, between police and fire, and jokes fly back and forth. But uh, right now, the, the police service across the nation is, is certainly uh, under attack almost, and uh, it's just tragic to see what's going on. I, I think there's an ongoing dialogue that needs to happen over coming months and years, um, I, I, I'm trying to be as supportive as possible. If you look at how the police department operates with and around the fire department, uh, we, we respond to the same domestic incidents, active shooters, different incidents where we go in to provide metal, medical services. And our law enforcement partners are absolutely critical to securing our safety and watching out for our people. Um, I, I think as you listen to these uh, 
these intentions of defunding police departments and what's going on in other parts of the country, from my position, it gets almost scary knowing what we go into with the police department in addition to all the other stuff that, that they do on their own. So um, I, I would encourage the, the, uh, the silent majority to really step up and let people know what you know what you believe about your police department. I, I think this community of La Crosse and the surrounding area, uh, certainly in the past, shown uh, just a true dedication to public safety. As far as the fire department and, and the other half of your question, um, we certainly are uh, consider ourselves an all-hazards fire department. Uh, we do uh, manage all the building inspectors, the code enforcement technicians. Uh, on our fire operations side, uh, you know, we, we run fires, we run medicals, we're doing bluff rescues and auto extrications. We operate a dive team and a hazmat team. Uh, we've got paramedics on our tactical EMS team that work with our fire department, emergency response uh, tactical officers. So uh, I think you're getting a pretty great bang for your buck on what you're paying for in La Crosse. Um, I think we are maximizing a, a highly trained group of people to do a very tough job. And uh, I, I want to thank everybody listening for, for that uh, support that we've had. I think as you look at our, our strategic plan, our annual report, all these things that are available to the community on our website, um, we've got a great fire department, and, and I, I can't imagine defunding it or, or breaking up what we've got going on. Yeah, and I, I'm just curious as to how much responsibility. So you, do you have firefighters, and they're solely firefighters, and then – or I'm sure those guys are obviously those those guys are going to be trained as first responders. But like, say the the building inspectors are they their kind of their own entity within the fire department? Those guys aren't also firefighters, are they? Yeah, so we're we're kind of broken into two groups. We've okay. got sworn members that are badge wearing firefighters, and we've also got um, about twelve civilian members. The civilian members are our our building inspectors, our code enforcement technicians, our community risk educator Pat, who I've knew you've had on a couple times now. Um, and our, uh, our city safety, occupational compliance, and emergency management coordinator. So those 12, a uh, little bit different game and uh, more of a, a nine-to-five job. On the fire side, as far as qualifications, everybody from the newest firefighter to myself, the fire chief, uh, in addition to firefighter certifications, we're all either EMTs or advanced paramedics. Um, and then beyond the, the EMS and fire certifications that we go through, um, we break off into specialty teams. Uh, our four our four core specialty teams are hazardous materials uh, and the urban search and rescue technical rescue folks. Uh, both of those teams are made up of about 20 members. We've got a smaller tactical EMS group. Uh, that's a group of six paramedics that train with the police department for uh, SWAT raids and that type of thing. And then we've got a water rescue and dive team group made up of a, about another 20 members of the department. So it's, it's kind of evenly split where everybody gets to focus on a on a, one or two different specialties. We limit them. Uh, so that it don't become, you know, jack of all trades and master of none. So people kind of chart course early in life, and then we we spend a tremendous investment of time uh, and effort getting them up to to nationally recognized certifications in those different disciplines. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Fire Chief Ken Gilliam joining us here on Wisdom. Um, yeah, I was kind of, I mean, I wasn't trying to attack you, but I was, I was kind of curious as to, you know, d- does a firefighter have all these responsibilities? But that makes sense. You're breaking them up into four different groups on top of everyone, you know, they're every, you know, you call them badge wearing firefighters. They're, they're also all firefighters. So um, that's pretty interesting. Um, moving on. So the, the, uh, I didn't think you were attacking me either. I think <laughs> okay. it's a great educational conversation. You know, it, it's, uh, our name fire department's a little misleading these days. It's uh, we're doing a lot of stuff. Our folks are taking on a lot of risk and uh, it's you know, ultimately my job to, uh, to get them prepared for that and make sure we're funded adequately to keep it up. Yeah. I, and I've, I've said on the show before, the idea of calling it defunding the police 
Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a great term. It's 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 got a little bit of a negative connotation of it. Um, but you know, you you if you want to dig into it a little bit, it, there's there's some parts of it that make sense. But um, anyway, so uh, July. I think you talk about defunding things. It's a whole matter of perspective, and I've I've often kind of joked. You know, it, it, people that want to cut a fire department budget, it's a matter of perspective. Of if your house is on fire right now, I think. Um, Certain people that uh, might be screaming defund the police right now when uh, when a bad guy is breaking into their home and and, and doing bad things, I'm guessing they're going to go with the, the program of dialing nine one one and they're going to be very thankful when those officers show up to do what they've been trained to do. Somebody, uh, it, public safety is a rough job these days, and uh, again, I, I'm really hoping the community rallies around our police department and our our public safety and health professionals. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stress going on right now the past three four months and. Uh, I just I hope we can hold it all together and that we we kind of emerge stronger for our efforts. I'll just add to that stress. Somebody texted in. Did you hear about the firefighter that was shot in Appleton? I'm from Appleton and I I haven't seen the story yet. But um, and then they were they were curious how would a firefighter go about protecting themselves in an instance like that? Yeah, certainly that was a uh, that was an anomaly. I don't want to get into too much stuff. We're seeing it more and more frequently though. Certainly some mental health issues. Um, a, a person that we were trying to provide aid to ended up shooting a firefighter and a cop. Unfortunately, Mitch, the firefighter, uh, was, was tragically had a line of duty fatality. Um, close to home, he, he's on our urban search and rescue team with the, uh, with the state task force that a number of our members are part of as well. So while it's a big, you know, it, it's a big state, it's a small world. And we, we certainly had people that were coworkers with him on, on that specialty team. Um, I, I know Chief Hansen up at Appleton really well. And, um, there's no way to see that coming. Certainly you can learn from it. Uh, our, our medics have the opportunity to put on tactical vests. We carry them on the rigs. Um, it's a, it's a sad statement when you think about people coming to help someone and we're, we're gearing up with tactical garments to protect us from stabs and bullets. And, um, it, it's just the environment that we're working in these days. Sure. Uh, Fire Chief Ken Gilliam joining us. All right. We're going to take a, a, a break here. Scott's comment, the news coming up. And uh, we could talk when we come back. We'll we'll take uh, we'll talk about the Fourth of July. I want to know if uh, Gilliam or any of his guys have saved any cats in the trees. And there's a couple of calls here, Ken. So uh, I'll I'll find out what they want, and uh, we'll be back after this on Wizard. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, Rick. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, Lacrosse Fire Department Chief Ken Gilliam, is on the phone with us this hour. If you have questions, shoot me a text six zero eight seven eight five. Seven nine one four. It'd help if I put them up on the phone. Uh, Ken, somebody asked uh, on the, on the text line if you what what you thought about arsonists burning businesses in the protests. I, you're you're all for that, right? Like that's just kind of a funny. Absolutely not. No, I I think um, while it would you know ultimately put us out of business if there was never a fire again. I think we know that's kind of a silly statement, but uh, no, I, I uh, we have trained you know. Fire and arson investigators on our own department, it, it's certainly a major uh, component of our work is finding people that are doing that. Um, I, I know Chief Frito well up in, in uh, Minneapolis, certainly coming from the St. Paul Fire Department years back. And um, looking at what happened up there and in other cities around the nation, um, there were a lot of peaceful protests. Uh, there were some smaller numbers of some very bad individuals rolling in and doing very bad things. Um, you, you look at what that is doing to those neighborhoods and, th- and those communities. Uh, it, it's heartbreaking to, to see that. Uh, I was uh, able to get up there. I had to go visit some family and drove through some of the devastation that occurred. And uh, it, it's just a, a tragic deal. Um, uh, Mark has been waiting on on hold here patiently. Ken, I'm going to put 
put him up on the phone with you. He's he just got a question about for you. Mark, you're on Lacrosse yeah, Mark, Talk PM. Go ahead. Yep. Hey, yeah, Ken. My question is: Are you concerned about the United States Congress trying to pass that bill that would make it possible for an individual to sue a police officer if they felt they were wronged? And do you think that could spill over into you when you have to make a split-second decision to decide what you're going to do in a fire? Like, let's say you're concerned something's going to blow up and you don't go in and someone after the fact says, well, that never happened and you didn't do your job right, so now I'm going to sue you because you didn't do your job as the democratically controlled Congress is trying to pass and the Senate isn't going on board with. What's your thoughts? Uh, that's, that's a great. That's a great question, Mark. Um, there, there are a number of laws in place to protect uh, police, fire, first responders. Um, we have people that have to make some split-second decisions, uh, oftentimes life or death emergencies. Um, I'm not familiar with that that bill. I've heard a little bit about it, but I, I'm, I can't speak specifically to what they're trying to do right now. Um, I, I try not to get too worried about things until you know. There's a lot of things that get thrown around, and you've only got so much time to track it, but. Um, as far as protections to first responders, um, I, obviously, anytime we show up, we have to do things to mitigate a fire or mitigate an emergency. Uh, we go on medicals and we are putting tubes down people's throat to help them breathe and, you know, bringing them back to life in ways. And uh, there's risk there. So we, we work uh, as best as we can. We have protocols. We've got policies. Uh, we train a tremendous amount to do it right. And, and we put our people out with a lot of trust that they'll make good ethical decisions as we go. Um, any laws that we have in place to protect first responders, as long as they're acting ethically, morally, and following the policies of their organization, um, anything we can do to strengthen those, of course, I would be in favor of that. So I hope that answers the question. Uh, Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam joining us. Uh, Ken, new fire chief in Alaska. He's been around 31 years. I think he's with uh, with the force there and since 1989. Do you call it the force? Is that what we call it? That's the police force. What do we call the fire department? Fire department. The fire department. Okay. Uh, Troy. <laughs> Troy. Uh, <laughs> Troy Goody. Goody, yeah. Uh, yes, I know him. Yeah. Know him. What do you think of him? Uh, you know, geez, 31 years. Just be the fire chief already, Troy. Yeah, Troy's a good man. I, I was happy to hear he got it. Uh, he and I haven't worked a tremendous amount together, uh, but I have run into him on a few projects and a, f- a few incidents, certainly. Um, I, I wish him all the best up there. I think he's going to do a great job, and I, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Alaska that they got the guy they wanted. All right, we're going to take another call. Number three is calling in. Number three, you got a question for Fire Chief Ken Gilliam? Yeah, when you get time. You're on. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I heard on the radio this morning that the city of La Crosse bought the land on Mormon Cooley Road for a fire station. I think it's a good move. I thought it was 40 years ago. Will we ever find out how much that land sold for? Uh, certainly, yes. Yeah. So the, about 20 years ago, the city had bought uh, property or secured property. I don't know if they paid for it or is it just part of that, uh, how that deal went down in the Creekside development. Um, it, as we studied uh, more modern data, we realized even prior to me getting here that that was too far south. Um, we did put that back on the market, um, and I, I don't want to speak to exactly where it's at right now. I, I know I believe it's getting developed into a couple of uh, single-family home lots. Um, we did purchase property at 33rd and Mormon Cooley. Uh, that purchase is completed. Um, that's for a future southern station. Uh, right now we've got members of council that want to get the Shelby Boundary Agreements done, and, and I've reached out to the Shelby leadership and the Shelby Fire Department. 
Um, not necessarily about merging or anything, but certainly about can we look at partnering opportunities uh, on that property. Uh, we've got two stations right now that are a mile apart from each other. Uh, it's not the best situation for either organization or, or both communities we serve. Um, so I, I think uh, Shelby certainly expressed some interest in continuing discussions about what could be there. Uh, we've also got the Wisconsin Policy Forum uh, doing a county-funded study right now on fire and EMS sharing in the county. Uh, a number of the municipalities signed on for that, and uh, uh, COVID kind of set that back, but uh, Shelby, La Crosse, Onalaska, Holman, um, and Farmington are all involved in it, and as well as La Crosse, and, and having some great conversations about where are there opportunities to benefit all of the communities involved with some uh, mutual investment and, and uh, how, how do we tighten up some of our responses and what's going on. Well, that answers that, but I've been to, wanted that fire department out here for 40, 50 years, okay? I appreciate that. I, I'd love to but build it tomorrow. I was just uh, fire stations are going it, for about $6 million a pop. I, I've the got lamp. a year-old one on the north side that we're trying to get replaced next year, and I um, call your council person and let them know that's your priority. I'm sure they'd be happy to hear from you. Yeah, he, I think number three wanted to know how much the land costs. He, he's always he's cost efficient. He wants to know. Oh, how- yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's public information. So we purchased that piece of property for $260,000. It's a vacant piece of property. Um, it, it was a great deal, um, and uh, we, we grabbed it. it it's, uh, it's a very good GIS location. It's south of that viaduct there. It hits that 33rd Street corridor that gets us around those rail tracks in case a, a train's sitting on the tracks at the crossing. So uh, that, that's an optimal spot. I'm, I'm optimistic that in the next five years we'll see some construction going on there. Uh, I know that's not as fast as number three wants it, but uh, – he and I could get together and figure out how to, you know, come up with enough money for five fire stations and, and we'll get it done. Um, also, the, on Monday, you guys talked, uh, you had like this, uh, I don't know if you, you call it the command something meeting. Do you know, what do you call that on Monday? You guys all meet the mayor. The, the, and... the, oh, the planning commission met last week. Oh, okay. I think that's what you're referring to with the, with the public safety discussion. Well, you guys talked about having a command center, and that's why I have command in my oh. Like a new police fire command center. You, uh, were you... <laughs> You're close. No, yeah, it's a uh, it's more of just a public safety fire and police annex. Uh, so the police department has a completed space summary needs. They're bursting at the seams. Um, if, if you look at the age of City Hall and where, where our police department's at now, it, it's just not an adequate facility. Um, it, it's a very similar story to the fire stations. So uh, Chief Kudron and even Chief Tisher before him, I, I thought I took a pretty bold step by letting the police chief, uh, Chief uh, Tisher at the time, be the chair of our fire station task force. Um, we've been talking all along about as we as we make headway on fire stations, what can we do to support our partners in the police department? Uh, so right now, uh, next year, we're very hopeful that we'll be merging the north side uh, station, fire station four and the north side police annex up there uh, into one more municipal located police and fire station. That is still our goal. Along with those discussions, uh, we have been working to merge the space needs for both of our administrations uh, and, and fire station one and the police station, uh, certainly, uh, looking at our call volume, uh, we want to keep our headquarters station and the main police station near the downtown core. And that's where that discussion has gone. It's, it's really early, but we've, we've done some space needs assessment. And, uh, now we're just starting to look at where are there adequate sized pieces of property for what we need to do and being ready to move on those, uh, when when those opportunities strike, I guess. Yeah, I feel like this, these are contentious times when you talk about building new fire stations or or having a centralized police slash fire, 
you know, uh, a building and, and we're, we're trying to save money everywhere. We're slashing funds for, you know, library and police and, and all that. Have you guys, have you guys taken a hit in, in the, from the city and, and having any funds slashed? Yeah, both, both police and fire did take some cuts this year. Uh, certainly not as bad as some of our other departments. Uh, a few of our departments took upwards of a half a million dollar uh, cut. I, I know the fire department took a $150,000 cut. Uh, we're still waiting for some projections into 21 and, um, those are certainly concerning. I'm, I'm not trying to be too worried about them until we know what the specific numbers are. But we, we've had to tighten our belts, and, uh, you know, I expect there will be more of that over the coming years. I think as you look at combined city facilities, uh, with that police and fire model, we were looking at could courts move with the police department and, and give some breathing room to City Hall. Um, when we would build a new facility, certainly there's some opportunity for the co- shared costs of, like, the mechanical rooms uh, support staff areas, public meeting areas, and, and just a smarter building to, to serve more of a broader purpose to the community. So I, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm excited that Chief Kudron's all in on it. Uh, the money that's in the capital planning for this year is just kind of some seedling money to, to position us to start to get more of the architectural analysis done and to get some property secured if they become available. Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam joining us on Lacrosse Talk PM. Ken, we have uh, the the phone lines are full, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run through these. Uh, <laughs> These calls. So I'm I'm going to uh, Pete first. Pete, you're on with Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Go ahead. Hi, Fire Chief. Uh, I heard um, I heard a caller before that was mentioning the uh, Democratic bill in Congress about uh, doing away with qualified immunity and chokeholds and all that stuff. I don't agree with it. I think it's a knee jerk uh, reaction and uh, it won't accomplish anything. My question to you is this: because we, you meet with the mayor and you meet with uh, the police department. What do you think about absolute immunity for uh, district attorneys and judges? Uh, I think uh, if if they were really worried about uh, bad cops and bad people uh, in the administration, uh, in the police department, uh, I know a lot of these DAs uh, lie. Uh, they falsify evidence. They uh, uh, redo police reports. And a lot of times, uh, even when they're wrong, they're right because they have absolute immunity to get away with it. All right. Thanks. Uh, you, yeah, you... Pete, I can I can certainly appreciate your concerns and your opinion. I guess I, all I can respond with is uh, I work in a very uh, political world, and I try to remain as apolitical as possible just for uh, career extension purposes. <laughs> um, someday, when I'm well into retirement, I can I can get on the air and tell people what I really think. But uh, I think certainly, uh, as you look at law enforcement, as you look at the courts, um, I, again, it comes back to the the whole conversations on defunding and, and other things that are being discussed. Um, it, it needs a broader public dialogue, and, and I'm encouraging the community and really a lot of people to sit quiet, but I, I think I know the difference between right and wrong, to step up and start being vocal about what they want to see uh, just so that the majority controls the conversation. All right, we're going to go back to the phones. Kent, you're on with Ken Gilliam. Go ahead. You got a question? Yeah, hey, Chief, thanks for your service. Thank you. Yeah, just a quick uh, run-by for you. You know, I, I'm an older guy. I grew up in Milwaukee back in 1968. My sister's father-in-law was with the Milwaukee Fire Department during the riots, and he was actually uh, called a fire in a very troubled situation, carrying a lady out of a third-story window down a ladder, and he was shot in the back. The woman lost her life. He lost his career for the rest of his life. He was actually still at the fire department they kind of made him the cook and chef there and stuff but um i just want to thank you guys all the police and fire department for what you do i live here on the north side i got my uh 
Blue Life and Red Life Matter flag out in front of my house. And I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for the job that you guys do. No, I, I, I thank you for your story and your, your sacrifice there, and I, I appreciate the well wishes. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see here. I think Joe's been waiting. Joe, you're on with Ken Gilliam. Go ahead. I just want to thank you for your service. I want to say that the professionalism and the service that you guys provide to the city is actually incalculable. And I would have my tax money to go to have you guys in every neighborhood if we could. Um, you know, just hearing that last story reminds me of how could you ever politicize something as crucial as, you know, the fire department and the service that they provide. I just think it's ridiculous. There's no room for, you know, to politicize that. And thank you guys for the amazing job that you do. I mean, people don't understand it's much more than fire. It's keeping our city safe, and uh, it's just I. I, I, I'm, a, I'm very good at politics, yet I see no way to politicize the fire department. I, our tax dollars should go to whatever you guys need. So. All right. Th- thanks, Joe. Go ahead, Ken. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, all right. I think number three is back. He may be, number three, did you miss the, the part where, where Ken answered your question? I, I, I hung up I, on you, I but he did. I, I heard 250000 is all I heard. Is that correct? Yep. I believe okay, so. 260000 for that piece of property. We, we own it I'm now. I'm 100% for the cops and the fire department, okay? <laughs> you made a lot better buy for that piece of property than what the city <laughs> did with the title loan place for 600000 yep, No, thank you. Um, that, that piece of property, too, just so you know, and I did leave it out uh, as we're talking about joint, de- uh, joint stations, um, the kind of initial architectural stuff we've done on that new south side station, it's actually got a very small uh, police precinct, independent office on it, uh, so that we can keep some cops in the areas where they're needed uh, as they need to do reports or take breaks or whatnot. They don't have to necessarily drive all the way across town to City well, Hall. that's a good idea. Uh, as, we get, as we get these from... stations created, you're definitely going to have a better protection opportunity for the communities where these, these buildings are landing. All right. Uh, I know you wanted to talk fire fireworks, Ken. Before I brought you on, I kind of mentioned, <laughs> hey, I wonder what our fire chief does uh, on the 4th of July, are you like super paranoid guy that's extra safety and wear goggles when you're holding the sparklers? Or what? Do, 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 do you celebrate the 4th of July with fireworks? You, you know, um, it, this is a tough year and COVID sucks. You heard the fire chief say it. Um, I had to deny a few permits that broke my heart. Uh, I love the Skyrockers. I, I love fireworks shows. Uh, we unfortunately weren't allowed to uh, have large gatherings. And uh, we just decided uh, collectively that, you know, a fireworks show isn't going to do any good of not getting 10,000 people down in Riverside Park. Uh, with that, I guess, to talk about fireworks, yeah, we're, we're real close to July 4th. I've, I may have heard some sounds. It's hard to hear which direction they're coming from. But uh, I, I'm not going to be uh, totally uh, naive and think that uh, people aren't going to be uh, firing more than off to sparklers and stuff. But I, I do want to remind people that um, fireworks are in, in La Crosse are illegal. I know some of the communities around us are issuing out permits to residents. Um, and, and just some statistics, I think, for you, uh, for my career and things that are available to us. Um, annually, we see about 13,000 injuries in the nation. Uh, last year, uh, we saw over 1,900 structure fires, 500 vehicle fires, and another like 18,000 uh, additional miscellaneous fires. Um, don't be a dope and light your neighbor's house on fire. Uh, don't light your car on fire. And I think most starkly is the, as you look at the injury statistics, uh, you know, an M80 can take your fingers off and, and your spouse is open and your ketchup bottles for the rest of your life. So 
um, if you're going to take some risk, uh, please do it smartly. I would encourage you to be safe and, uh, you know, think about what kind of example you're setting for your kids as uh, you're singeing all the hair off your eyebrows and stuff. I don't, coming weekend. So Ken, I don't think be safe people, out there, everybody. I don't think people on the 4th of July are intentionally setting their neighbor's house or car on fire. I think they're shooting bottle rockets out of, you know, at each other. And then it ends up going through the car window. Yeah. You can see some spectacular stuff with a little Google search, but uh, just kind of some of the, what were they thinking pictures out there? But um, I don't think anybody's intentionally setting a neighbor's fire on, but I assure you, uh, when you're firing off fireworks illegally and you catch your house or your neighbor's house on fire, uh, we've got some, some pretty darn good fire investigators. And as we piece that together, you've got a heck of a uh, situation with your insurance company. So um, as your fire chief, just really recommend that people think it through. Um, if you're going to take some risks, be smart about it. But uh, maybe just enjoy the family and a barbecue and, and have a safe 4th of July. And uh, don't, don't sit in the, uh, the hospital ER over the weekend with bandages wrapped around your fingers. And, uh, you know, that the safety side of that is, is the worst when, when somebody gets hurt from that. There's a there's a penalty for this stuff. Do you know what you know? It, do you know what the you, you can't have these kind of fireworks? Can you tell us what you can and can't do on the 4th of July when it comes to like your own personal fireworks? Yeah, in a nutshell, anything that leads to the ground is illegal. So, you know, sparkler snakes, little things spinning on the ground. I think you're OK as you start shooting off mortars and bottle rockets and, uh, you know, you got the uh, Clark Rieswolds out there with bigger is always better. And uh, pretty soon you've got our near Skyrocker show going off on a, on a suburban cul-de-sac. Um, just uh, n- this stuff is dangerous. Uh, we've got trained professionals that take it very serious and do wonderful shows. Um, I'm heartbroken this year that we can't do it. Uh, I'm cognizant that we've been hearing a lot more of it. We're already getting complaints. Uh, we're acting on those complaints of neighbors calling in. And, and we hate to see neighbors calling in on neighbors. But uh, just keep it safe. Maybe find some other way to celebrate. Um, I know everybody's really excited about our independence from Great Britain, and, and we like to whoop it up over this coming weekend. But uh, I just want to get that uh, couple minutes in there about some of the statistics so people think it through before they're uh, doing something really dumb on the 4th of July. What uh, Do you know what the ticket is if, if, I, if I got caught doing something like that? You know, do you know the? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you got me, Rick. It's, <laughs> I think it's kind of between 150, 200 bucks. It's it's not going to end your, uh, it's not going to bankrupt you, but it's a little bit of a sting. I think more importantly, you know, you light your car on fire, your uh, your spouse is going to be looking at you funny for a while, probably. So now you you kind of avoided this question, but as a fire chief, you know, you 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 weren't always a fire chief. I know you've been doing this for a long time, but was there ever a time in history where you did like fireworks? I know you like fireworks, fireworks. But, but what are you doing on the fourth? Are you personally, you know, let's throw out the COVID, but do, do you got kids? Are they shooting fireworks off and not shooting them off? You know what I mean? What are you doing? I, I we just experienced an empty nest. I got one kid in the military, uh, one kid teaching abroad, and another kid that's uh, kind of vagabonding and loving life. Um, me and Mrs. Gilliam are going to probably be having a nice dinner, maybe visiting with some friends and. Uh, just uh, being thankful for all we've got. I think uh, everybody's walking around on an 11 scale right now, and uh, we've got this chronic COVID depression system. I think it's affected all of society. Um, I, I think we live in a great area. we got some good things going on, and I, I just hope everybody kind of takes this weekend to relax and, and be thankful for the good things despite all the bad things that are going on right now. And and just uh, I mean that in all sincerity. Right, and I don't want to leave it on a bad note. So, Again, how long have you been doing the? Uh, how long have you been in in the fire game, the firefighter game? 
I forget. Yeah, I think it's about 28, 29 years. I started in 1992. 92. Okay. I've been here for about three, but I got about 28 years. And then, and then can you just tell us real quick in like two minutes, how you, you know what? I want to be a firefighter. 1992 comes around and maybe you went to college. Yeah, you might've been, you probably didn't have to go to college for this stuff, but how did you, how did you get into this? Did you, were you like a, were you just into fires back when you were a kid or what, what happened? Uh, that's that's a long story for you only got a couple minutes left uh, I think I had heart to help people I, I saw an ad on a bulletin board I, I became a volunteer firefighter I found out that they, uh, they actually paid people to do it I educated myself and uh, lacrosse is my fifth fire department um, I, I worked my way up through the ranks and the channels and uh, it, it's a great career field it's been interesting to see how it's changed over 30 years um, it, it's an entirely different job now than when I got into it other than the fact that uh, we still get to show up every day and help people, which is uh, it's an awesome career field. I think with all the uh, with all the stress and the garbage and the anxiety that comes with it and the risks that we take, it's a uh, it's a pretty great job. I'm, I'm fortunate to have it. Are you guys and just and real quick, are you guys hurting for getting numbers? Are, are recruiting numbers are those good or bad? Yeah, no, we we've certainly been hurting the last couple of years. Not uh, not as bad as some areas, um, but police, fire, uh, ambulance. Paramedics, uh, most of the public safety entities around the country are, are certainly seeing a shortage. Uh, volunteer to paid, uh, we're just seeing a, a very clear reduction in applicants. So we're uh, we're certainly researching that and looking at ways to draw in, in new interested people and in serving in the profession. Um, I think as you look at the media the last few months, um, you know it's a great question. Why would uh, why would a person who's looking for a career field pick being a firefighter, a cop, or a paramedic right now? Um, and again, I, I appreciate the people that called in to, to thank our group for our service. Um, we do value that, and I think it's great for you know 18, 19 year old kids coming out of school looking for a great career field to hear that the public really does care about these professions and what we do for the uh, community. All right, Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, thanks a lot for joining us. Maybe next month we can just talk about hey, what do you need to do to become a fire department fire firefighter? Yeah, we could do a whole hour on that, buddy. I'll, I'll look forward to that invite. So. All right, see you later. Thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Be safe, man. All right, that was Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. We're going to take a quick break and wrap up after this right here on Wisdom. All right, that's going to do it for Lacrosse Talk PM for Thursday. Thanks again to Fire Chief Ken Gilliam for joining us. We're going to do that once a month.